I'd like to talk to you today about the rewards of obedience. Um, I was praying and asked the Holy Spirit, please, Lord, don't let them think that uh, I come here with a kind of exhortation or I'm an angry pastor. No, uh, the obedience to the Word of God is a blessing for our lives. It's always a blessing for us. I have two passages of the Scriptures I'd like to read to you tonight. The first one is in James. James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. The word of God says, Do not merrily listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at, his, at himself, goes, goes, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How many of you like to be blessed in whatever you do? How many of you? I want to be blessed. Whatever I do, wherever I go, I want to be sure. I want you to be blessed. Another passage, just one verse in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Amazing. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Amen? If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing opportunity to be here at KT, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the leadership of this church. Thank you for this church who is a blessing in so many lives through so many years. Lord, we ask you, open the heavens. Speak to us. Every spirit that is against the move of the Holy Spirit is rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ, is under our feet because it's bigger the one he is with us than the one against us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Take my life and use me as your will in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I love to read the book of James. James was Jesus' brother. He was a very practical leader. He was a very straightforward leader. He says things in his book, very practical, very... One thing I love, it is in the end of the chapter 2, he says, as the body without the spirit is that, faith without deed is that as well. So if we say to God, I have faith, but we do nothing with the faith which we have, what's the point? And then he's very practical here in the text we just read. If you just merit listening to the word, if you just listen, you come here, you sit for 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and then you go home, you do nothing with the word. You are deceiving yourself. There is application, life application. I was watching 
part of 2003 service. And I was looking the video that uh, Scott broadcast here. It was amazing about purpose, the purpose of God for our lives, the things that God has prepared for us. I believe God has great things for us, but the enemy knows as well. And they want to do everything to stop us. They want to do everything for us to have a religious life where we sing, we pray, we fast, we give. But somehow, when we need to put the word into practice, we fail. Then today, I, I believe God is bringing something to open our eyes, to give some insight for you, to give to you some word of wisdom, to put into practice in your life when you leave this building. When you, if you are watching by internet, good, good evening to you as well. I'm sorry, I forgot to, to greet the people from YouTube and Facebook and people from Zoom room. God bless you all. So James says, if you listen, but you do not practice, you deceive yourself. But in, this, in another hand, he says in verse 25, but the man who looks intently to the perfect law and gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. It looks very simplistic. It looks very easy, but it has strong and powerful consequences in our lives. Sometimes to obey God is not easy. Sometimes to obey his directions for our lives is not easy. We have to pay the price. I remember a couple of years ago, I was here in this building. It was a prophetic conference. I, can't, I cannot remember exactly which year was that. But I was here. And I can't remember exactly who was preaching. I think it was Pastor Colin. And then I was here and then I was struck by the word. And the word was like this. If you are not willing to pay the price to obey the word of God, you will pay the price for the consequence that do not obey the, the word of God. The price we are going to pay anyway. If you get the word, we need to put into practice. Maybe we need to do some things. God respect of us some actions. But if we prefer do not pay the price, then we need to live with the consequence of our disobedient. Sometimes it's short term. Sometimes it's long term. Sometimes we, we know what God is wanting for us. I don't know if you have this experience. You come to a service and the pastor is preaching and he looks like uh, he knows your life. Anyone here already have this experience? You come to the church and then you look at, who told him? Who? I saw once I was preaching and I, I have seen this many times. Uh, a wife brought the, the, the husband to the church and then in the middle of the service, the guy starts to on her. He was, what did you say? What did you say for him? Why did you share things of our private life to him? In the end of the service, the lady came to me and said to me, Pastor, please tell my husband, I never spoke with you before. Yes, I never saw you late before. I never spoke with you privately before because he was listening to the word and he wasn't believed. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you to him through your life. Sometimes we came. Sometimes we, we came to the, the church and 
or we are praying, we are expecting to listen what we want to listen. But God knows what you need to listen. God has no commitment in to please you just for the sake of you feel good. He has a word for me, for you. Sometimes he's taking us out of the comfort zone. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but God has powerful plans for your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The enemy wants to deceive us. Wants to say, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be so radical. Oh, you don't need to be so strict in the things of God. If you want to do, you do. If you don't want to do, you don't do. Oh, yeah, it's my life. No, it's my business. But what's happened? Sometimes, friends, in the long term, in the long term, after five, I'll be 50 this year. The time is flying, you know? Sometimes you are reaping the things that you sow many years ago because our life is a kind of we sow and we reap. We sow and we have a harvest. If I sow in the soil of the Holy Spirit, in the kingdom of God, if I'm obedient of the Lord, even though if sometimes to be obedient is costly, it's hard, but I know in, in, in who I believe. I know he's faithful. I know his will is better than mine. So I will submit myself to his will because I know at the end of the day, he has plans for my life better than I can imagine. You know, there is a psalm that I love. I love all the Bible, of course, but Psalm 81. Psalm 81, I'd like to read just a few verses with you. If you can open Psalm 81, verse 8, the word of God says, Hear, all my people, while I am demolishing you, O Israel, if you would just listen to me. This is verse 8. Then verse 11. But my people didn't listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over their own stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Every time I read this passage, I feel like the pain in God's heart. God saying like this, oh, my son. Oh, my daughter, if you just listen to me, if you just stop a little bit and listen to me, stop talking, listen to me, if you just obey me, if you just trust in the direction I'm giving to you right now, but you don't want. So do whatever you want to do. I have two daughters. Almost every time I come here, I use them as some kind of example. One is 14, another one is 20. The, 20, the, the, the oldest is 20. So I have no power over her life anymore. She does whatever she wants to do. More or less like this because I'm a Brazilian, you know. I'm Brazilian, so my house, my rules. So. But even she's doing university in Burma. She's living by herself before uh, the lockdown. But sometimes she, she can have the option to, to listen to what I'm trying to say to her or to say to me, you know that I'm 20 now, I'm in uni, you know, I know better than you because you're old generation, I know better than you. What you can do? You look to your daughter and you say, well, 
the thing I share with you right now was for your own good. It's not for me, it's for you. But if you want to do whatever you want to do, it's very good lady, very good girl, my, my daughter. But I have seen a lot of parents suffering. They try to give the better education they could. But sometimes they got adults, they have their own, their own job, their own money, and they do whatever they want to do with their lives. And we do sometimes the same thing with God. You know, now I know I'm a mature guy. I know Jesus, I know that. And God, it's like when I see this verse 13, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. It was like a pain, a suffering in God's heart because God was, come on, Israel, walk in my presence. Do I what I'm telling you to do? But the people of Israel, they were rebellious. I'm not saying nobody here is rebellious. You know, but sometimes we are stubborn. Sometimes we pay to see. I have been displaced many, many times. Another day I was asking God something. I was God, oh Lord, it's so difficult this, it's so difficult that. Give me your direction, Lord. Show me your way, Lord. Give me, please, Lord, speak to me. Sometimes I, I like to cry in the presence of God. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I, normally I, I, I cry very easily. But I like to cry in the God's presence. They always cry. Oh, Lord, it's so difficult, it's so hard, blah, 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 And God, and then God, with a lot of love for me, he, saw, he told me, hey, Marcelo, come on, stop crying. I have told you, I, I told you before, what you have to do in this situation. I told you four years ago, and you asking again. You know, sometimes I think God looked to us, Lord, please speak to me. And the God looked to you again. What do you want me to speak to you? If I speak to you and you don't do what I'm saying to you. And then we cannot complain. Then we cannot blame anybody. Because sometimes I think not you, not no one who is watching. But sometimes I think we blame people for the things that uh, is our fault. You know? I cannot blame the pastor. I cannot blame the church. I cannot blame nobody. I need to be enough men to assume that sometimes I'm reaping. I'm having a kind of harvest that is connected with my attitudes. So if you want to have an amazing harvest in your life, plant good seeds, obey God. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be costly. But one thing, sometimes I, I think, if we know that God's will is good, is perfect, is pleasant, why? It's so hard sometimes for us just to obey. 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 Put into practice. Put into practice. And I, I have three things to say to you regarding why. Why is so hard sometimes to obey God? Why is so hard to put into practice the word of God? In our daily life, the first thing is because there is a battle in our minds. We cannot ignore the spiritual realm. The enemy is a liar. The enemy don't want you to surrender your life to Jesus because he knows the plans that God has prepared for you are amazing. So they attack us with doubts, with questionings, with fear. Then then we know 
We know we have to do what God spoke to us to do, but somehow we cannot put into practice because we are afraid. We are, I don't know what's happening. I read some books about, um, with the subject of spiritual warfare. One is very good, Colin's book, Amazing Jezebel Spirit. The, 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 it's a terrible demon. Another very good one as well, the, 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 the battlefield of mind that the pastor Joyce Mayer. When you understand that there is a battle, you are here, you are listening to the word of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you since the beginning of the service in the worship. We, we, we sing sometimes, I surrender all. I surrender all. Well, you sing surrender. If you are singing, I surrender all, surrender it. But sometimes we sing, we, 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 we hear the, the word of God. We listen to the word of God, but to put into practice. The battle is starting our minds because we are living a fleshly body. We know what to do. The Holy Spirit say things for us, but our minds start, chick, tack, chick, tack. but this is not that, blah, 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 blah. And we see in the Bible, from the beginning to the end, we see people who obeyed God and it was blessed. I can mention many examples here for you. Remember the death of Lazarus? Lazarus, John 11. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus and he had has, he has two sisters, Martha and Maria. And then Lazarus passed away. And Jesus was communicated. The one you love is sick. And then he stayed there. When Jesus arrived in the place where Lazarus and his family used to live, he was dead for four days. Four days, Lazarus was in the tomb. And then he said to, Mar to Martha, verse 39 and 4, John 11, take away the stone. He said, but Lord, said Martha, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Listen, Lazarus, Martha, and Maria, they had intimacy with Jesus. Jesus used to eat in their house. They have a very close relationship. Sometimes we have a very close relationship with Jesus. It's between you and Jesus. Nobody needs to know your intimacy with God, with Jesus. It's between me, it is between me and God. You don't need to know, don't judge me because not God knows my heart. But sometimes we cannot have a secret agent faith for so long. You know the secret agent? No one knows that he is a secret agent like a 007, no one knows. He is a secret agent, but no one knows that he, the guy, he is a spy or something like that. And sometimes we have our faith and we never need to expose our faith. So everything is between me and God. But sometimes God put us in some situations that, need, that we need to show our faith. Do not just talk about our faith, but to show our faith. Because when I think, what is to move away a stone in front of 
the door of uh, the cave where Lazarus was there. What is to move a stone compared to the resurrection of Lazarus after four days? It was nothing. To move away a stone, very easy. But to bring a man who was dead for four days to life again, it's a big thing. The big things God, did, God does for us. The small things you have to do. And sometimes, listen to me, so, sometimes in your life, your faith will not be between you and God. Just between you and God. Sometimes our faith will be exposed. Sometimes you are going to take step of faith and people will say to you, why are you doing that? Why are you moving? Why are you changing things? Because God spoke to me. Hey, Martha, are you crazy? Are you crazy? The smell is not good. But Jesus says to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And I, let you, I want to let you know, maybe you are in a time of your life that people are looking to you and saying to you, where is your God? You go to the church every Sunday, you have a cell. You, 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 you do a lot of things for God. What this, what that? And sometimes we need to give steps of faith. Don't be afraid. God is with you. He's going to honor your faith in the name of Jesus Christ. There are many other different passages. If you look to Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, another amazing story. History. Two, Peter, John, they were trying to, to catch fishes. They were fishers. Then they spent all night. They didn't get anything. Then they were washing their nets. It's like, uh, oh, job done. Maybe I will do an omelette today because no fish. But Jesus asked to use their boat. Can I use your boat to cheat the people? Jesus, come to the boat. People were in the beach. Then after Jesus used Peter's boat, Jesus told, Jesus told to Peter, Peter, go to the deeper place and put, say, throw your net again. And Peter said to Jesus, what? Jesus, I did try to get fish all night. We didn't get anything. But because you are saying, because it is your word, I will do this. And what was the result? A big catch. A miraculous catch. Two boats to get the fishes. So I want to tell you, sometimes your faith will be tested. You need to put your faith into practice. Sometimes when I read Luke chapter 5, I think maybe Peter, they have some employees, people who helped in the boat, and the boat was in the in the harbor already. The boat was stopped there. They were washing their nets. It was like job done. We, we do not have any fish today. But suddenly, they need to remove the anchor. They need to sail into the deeper waters. And they go, what are you doing? What are you doing this? Because I receive a word from God. I receive a word from Jesus. Don't be afraid. God is in control of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I have a lot of different stories I could tell you. But for the sake of the time, I let you just with this too. But there are a lot of more. If you read 1 Kings 17, that is the, history about, the, 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 the story about uh, 
the prophet Elijah and the widow of Zarephtha. Sorry? Zarephath. It's in Portuguese, is Zarephtha. The widow of Zarephtha. Zarephath, sorry. Elijah was sent for a widow. And he said, can I have some water for the widow? And the widow told, okay, give me a second. Please, bring him up a, a, a cake as well. Bring him up a cake for me. And the widow looked to Elijah and said to him, you can read later, 1 Kings 17. The widow looked to, to Elijah and said to him, well, I have just a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I went to get some wood, some sticks. We are going to prepare this last meal and then we are going to wait to die because there, there was a terrible drought. There is no food anywhere. But, but Elijah told her, no, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Do what I'm telling you to do. Prepare for me first. Then you are going to prepare for you and your son because I have a word for you. From your... I can't remember that. From your flask, flask you, 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 are, you are going to have a lot of oil. You are going to have a lot of flour. Don't worry. You are going to, you are going to have a plate of provision. And the word of God said that widow did what Elijah asked her to do. And I want to tell you sometimes what God is speaking to you, asking you to do, doesn't make any sense. But I tell you, if it's God is speaking to you, obey him. He is going to honor you in the name of Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The enemy is a liar. We need to overcome fear. The only fear I can have is the fear of the Lord. Do not be afraid to just surrender your life to Jesus. Do not be afraid. The word of God says, James 4, 7, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. First, you submit yourself to God. You say to the Lord, Lord, it's not my way, it's your way. Then you have a lot of spiritual authority. There are a lot of believers. They know the Bible very well. They know. They listen people to preach and then oh, this and that. I know this, I know that. But if you can know whatever you want to know. You can be a, a library. But if you do not submit yourself to God, the enemy, Satan, the devil, do not respect your intellectualism. The enemy respect the authority of God in your life in the name of Jesus. When you, you show in the spiritual realm, I'm not doing this because I want to do. I'm not here because I want to be. I don't want to do. I, I'm not doing this because it's comfortable for me. I'm doing this in a place of submission to God. You are full of spiritual authority. And the word of God says, resist, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Another passage, First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So in that proper time, he may exalt you. Sometimes, why sometimes we are afraid to obey God? It's many practical reasons. Sometimes we don't want to displease people we love. You know, I, I gave my life to Jesus in 1993. 
It was a kind of six-month process. It wasn't just one meeting. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a new man. Not at all. I was, I need, I, I knew I need Jesus. I knew in my heart, I need to give my life to Jesus because I was in the, in the worst situation in my life. I was depressed. I was thinking to kill myself. I was, I was a disgrace for my family. I knew I need to give my life to Jesus. But all my friends, all my family, we used to drink a lot together. Then I couldn't imagine. If I tell these guys that I'm not drinking anymore, I'll be in trouble. Because in that time, in the place where I come from, if you stop to drink, people, oh, are you sick? What's going to you? What's happening with you? So I knew, I knew if I stopped to drink, it would be a mess. A lot of people would ask me, what's going on with you? What's going on with you? Then I was a kind of secret agent of Jesus. I was going to the church. I had a motorbike. I put my Bible here inside of, inside of my jacket. And I went to the church, seek God. Then when I come back to my, my villa, my neighborhood where I lived in Sao Paulo, there was a kind of bar and pub. It was not pub because it was different from here. But let's say a pub where every friend used to gather. Then once, after six months more or less, I park my, my motorbike and I sit and I ask, can I have a hamburger? And uh, I can't remember, a Coke or something like that. And one girl looked to me, what's happening with you? Are you sick? I drink Coke? What's, what's going on? And she, she was trying to get my bottle and she threw away. Ah, now I, think, I know what's happening. I have heard that now you are Christian. Now you are going to the church. So that is true. In that moment, I think the Holy Spirit filled my life with a kind of, uh, you know, bonus. Then I told her, what it has to be with you. Yes, I gave my life to Jesus. I used to do, my friends, I, listen, I start to work with 14 years. I was 14 when I start work. Full-time job, not part-time job. Full-time job. Because in Brazil, that time, night something, I was 14, it was night 8-5. It was normal. With four, when you were 14, you could start to work in the day and work and go to school in the evening. So I used to work 8 to 6, go home, and I need to decide. If I have a meal, I cannot have a shower. If I have a shower, I cannot eat. So always I need to decide. Then I get in, in the school, 7.30, half past 7 in the evening, and finish half past 11. It, my life was like this. You know, I'm not complaining. It was my decision. I don't want to ask money for my dad. It was normal at that time. Then I was 14 years old when I started to work. When I was 15, I was making good money. I started with as office boy, and then I started to work as sales in the sales department. And then we had the salary plus commissions. Then I was a good salesman. Then I started to make a lot of money. And guess what? A lot of bad people get involved with you. And my father used to say, Marcelo, do not expend all the money you make. Save some. Marcelo, be careful. Sometimes we think the people who are around us are good people, but they are not good people. They just wanting what you have. But I was 15, 16. I looked to my dad. Ah, come on, dad. You know not. Blah, 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 blah. So I bought a first car. I was 17. Destroyed the car. 
I almost killed myself. From 17 for the first car to 22, when I gave my life to Jesus, I gave total loss in five different cars. I was broke. I was without nothing. I was depressed. Who gave me something when I was very low? Nobody. Now Jesus is restoring my life. Now what is matter for me? It is honor him. And I need to be bold enough to sometimes to take decisions in my life that people will see, oh, it is so strange. Oh, it is strange for you, but it's not strange for my God. You know, we don't need to be rude. But if you need to, to, to make a choice between to obey God and please people, obey God. Because he's going to honor you in the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we don't want, we don't want to leave the comfort zone. The unknown is uncomfortable for us. We want to stay in the place where we have a lot of familiarity. And sometimes to obey God means get out of your comfort zone. I'm almost finished. I have just a few minutes. Be careful with uh, religiosity. What I want to say about religiosity, it is the external expression of our spiritual life. Sometimes we are so religious. It is so easy in these days to appear to be spiritual. It is very easy. Good words, good speech. You look, oh. but we need to ask God for discernment. Discernment, what I'm listening and discernment, how is my life? I am a religious guy. I am deceiving myself because I look like a spiritual. I look like a Christian, but I just obey God in it what is good for me. It is like uh, when you got a trolley in the supermarket. You got the trolley in the supermarket and you go, I want this product. Blessings, five packets, please. Prosperity, give me 10. Love, 15. Please, can I have 20 kilos of happiness? Yes. But when God starts to say to us about forgiveness, I don't want to talk about this today. When God starts to talk to us about to obey his word, when, we start, when God starts to speak to us, things that shake us, request from us, is a kind of request from us to do some things. I don't like this word. So we need to be very careful because sometimes we are inconsistent. We say something, but we do other things. Two verse. I'm about to finish. Two verse. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The word of God says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us, to our children forever that we may follow all the words of his law. The secret things, the things that is not revealed again yet, it belongs to God. But revealed things belong to us. Most of the believers I know, they love Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Come to me and I will answer you. And I tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. Wow. God, you have mysteries for my life. You have great things for me. God's revealed to me. And I think God looks to us. What about the things that's already revealed for you? What, the things, what, the, what about the things that you already know? 
So I finish. Now I finish, Scott. Bear with me, Scott. Now I'm about to finish. Stop arguing with God. Do not be the masters, the master of excuse. God spoke to me, but blah, 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 blah. God spoke to me, but blah, blah, blah. stop it. The breakthrough that we are waiting for is not a matter to fight more. It's a matter of surrender to God. It's not a matter of, oh, I need to fight. I need to take what is mine. A lot of breakthrough that you are waiting for is a matter of surrender. Surrender to the Lord. Surrender. Okay, God, it's not my way, it's your way. It's difficult because I want to feel the control. I want to lose the control for you, Lord. I want just to obey you. If it doesn't make sense for me, I want to do what is in your heart. The final verse, John 13, 17. Jesus taught his, his disciples to wash others one on other feet. And after he finished the lesson, he said to, this, to his disciples, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do it. If you know the things you know, do it. Obey God. The reward, the blessings is waiting for you in the name of Jesus Christ.